Radio play, an oft-ridiculed frontier. It all started when a remote programming experiment some community radio station on the central coast of California was conducting went a little caca. Their names are Gall, Moses, and Ted. They're lost, aren't we all? One of them owns an astronaut costume, shot through a wormhole for the sake of narrative explanation. Anyway, here they are, bouncing around speculative fiction thematic time and space, rather timidly going where many a man has gone before. These are the voyages of the Incompanots. Interior, Faraday Cage, Russian Asteroid Mine, Magic Hour. Deep on the Rose Cosmos controlled Putin on the Ritz, Gaul, Moses, and Ted float helplessly in zero-G, arms and legs zip-tied tight. Ted's eyes loll in his head while his fingers click away aimlessly on a mechanical keyboard of his own imagination. Ted mutters to himself. Barbarella computer. Brian, anti-grav boots keeping him in place, large belly undulating, stands stern beneath their flailing. The remains of a stereotypical Russian oligarch feast, caviar, vodka, blintzes, dots a shirt like a slovenly Jackson Pollock. You Soviet swine! Brian grins at the three American prisoners floating above him. Their discomfort brings him great joy. Why, Brian? Why do this now? The world was so close to total fossil fuel independence. Why? Brian laughs a hearty, evil laugh. <laughs> Isn't it clear? This is a techno thriller slash CIA-funded propaganda project written by an American who spent 30 years as an engineer. I have no other option but to be evil. Just as you, Gal, the female protagonist, have no other choice but to be both impossibly brilliant and impossibly beautiful. Ted awakens from his inward Wikipedia haze to interject. Women can be so obtuse. Now, I may just be a mild-mannered science man who knows nothing about nothing yet somehow gets all the ladies, but I got a feeling you're not gonna get away with this one, Brian. Something about that one thing we did way in the beginning of this story that seemed insignificant at the time is probably gonna come back and save us all. Impossible. My plans are perfectly laid. My overconfidence is a literary cliché. Suddenly, Brian's body begins to redden and smoke. Blisters form on his face as he releases an agonizing scream. <laughs> My face! My beautiful swarmy face! Who could have seen this coming? Ow! Everyone looks to Ted, his face suddenly a steely resolve, his inward regression clearly an act. Behind his back, in his hands, a real computer. It wasn't imagined after all. A gruff voice with a terrible southern accent echoes through the aluminum box. Ted, this is President America. I just want to say you've done us proud. Now we won't have to rely on those terrible Cossacks and their crude oil any longer. Good job, son. Ted takes a puff up an American-made cigar. I was just doing what any good patriot would do. Tears well in Gaul's eyes. We're saved! Now I can go back to my non-threatening, highly successful academic science lady career that perfectly complements the career of the man I've been stringing along for so long because of my unresolved emotional baggage. I'm even ready to forget my dead husband who died in a tragically masculine accident and get married again. I'll finally be fulfilled. Moses performs a series of complicated aerial acrobatics to move everyone's zip ties. Who knew my short-lived romance with that Cirque du Soleil performer in Chapter 1 would come in handy? Wait, Brian! He's missing! 
Everyone looks to the corner where moments ago Brian's limp and blistered body lay. All that's heard is a sinister, distant laugh. <laughs>